Welcome to the Love and Light Live podcast, empowering crystal lovers to learn and experience the art of crystal healing. Get ready to listen in and follow your soul calling with crystals. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for the Love and Light Live podcast brought to you by loveandlightschool.com. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and this podcast is the number one place for all things crystals. In today's show, we're going to be talking about poisonous plants in terms of poisonous plant consciousness, plant spirit communication, and really what poisonous plants can teach us about healing. And I'm going to be sharing an interview with the amazing Catherine Soli, founder of Persephone's Path, who teaches her poisonous plant medicine levels one and two classes, which I have taken. And I have to tell you, they are amazing. So we will get to that interview with Catherine in just a little bit. But before we get started, I'd like to answer one of our listener questions. So remember, you can submit your own questions anytime at loveandlightschool.com slash ask for the chance to have your question answered right here on the show. Today's question comes from Kyle and Kyle says, hi, Ashley, I have read or heard that when getting a new crystal to energize it, you can set it on or near selenite for a number of hours. Do you have any thoughts on this? So Kyle, I'm guessing by energize, you mean what's usually referred to in the crystal realm as charging. And I talked about this quite a few episodes ago now, um, that my viewpoint of charging is a little bit different than most people. So traditionally in the crystal healing world, a lot of teachers and healers teach that our crystals need to be charged. And of course, when I was starting out my practice, I was following all these quote unquote rules of crystal healing that people had shared in books and classes and all that kind of thing. But what I found through my own experience of working with crystals is that this concept of charging really didn't make much sense to me. We know that crystals are able to absorb or receive, store, and then transmit energy. So if they can send and receive energy and hold energy, why would they need to be charged like a battery, right? I personally feel like a crystal's energy can't necessarily be depleted. What can happen is that over time through working with our crystals, they receive a lot of energy from outside sources. And there's a lot of kind of energetic clutter that can happen just like in our own aura or energy field. So from time to time, our crystals need to be cleansed. But I don't think that their energy is necessarily depleted, I think it's just a little bit um, chaotic or kind of mixed up with all these conflicting types of energy that get stored in the crystal. Now, even though I don't think our crystals need to be charged like batteries, I do think we can charge them with specific energy, a little bit more like customizing the energy of the crystal. So I find that we can charge our crystals on top of specific symbols or images or words. We can charge our crystals with the energy of a particular plant by setting it in a dish of fresh or dried leaves or flowers or roots. 
I think we can also charge our crystals with the energy of a particular element or a place. So going back to your question, Kyle, yes, a lot of people do work with their selenite plates in this way meant to charge their crystals, but I think this has also gotten a little confused. Selenite, in my experience, is really more of a cleanser of energy than meant for charging. So although these are commonly referred to as selenite charging plates, what most people are doing when they actually set their crystals or jewelry or other sacred ritual tools on top of these charging plates is they're actually cleansing the excess energy or that chaotic energy, that energetic debris from the crystal or the jewelry or the object. So I do really like to work with these. In fact, I have a small selenite bowl and a selenite plate on my bedside table. And every night I put my jewelry or empty out any crystals from my pockets and put them into that bowl or on that plate to give them a good deep cleanse overnight. So yes, you can absolutely give this a try. I'd be curious to know what your experience is after you try this out. So feel free to connect with me on Instagram at love and light school and send me a DM and let me know how it goes for you. So thank you again, Kyle, for the great question. And if you have a question you'd like for me to answer for you about crystals, spirituality, or heart-centered business, or really anything else you're curious about right now, let me know over at loveandlightschool.com slash ask. And now it's time to dive into our main topic for today. So I'm going to be chatting with Catherine Soli, again, the founder of Persephone's Path, about what poisonous plants can teach us about healing. And I'm so excited for this interview because I've personally, like I said uh, earlier in the show, taken classes with Catherine. I've found them to be immensely helpful in my own personal and spiritual journey. And I think this really resonated with me because um, for those of you that know, I have a background in horticulture and botany. Plants are something I'm very passionate about, and I think the way that I've really connected with them in my spiritual path has to do um, more with herbalism and with plant medicine. And particularly in my shadow work journey, I came to work frequently with poisonous plant medicines. Now, this isn't something to be taken lightly. In fact, even with the experience and knowledge I have, I don't personally feel super comfortable creating my own poisonous plant medicines or essences. I buy mine from Catherine at Persephone's Path, as well as from Bane Folk. Absolutely love the poisonous plant essences at Bane Folk. But these energies are something that have been deeply supportive for me during my personal spiritual journey. And like I said, especially when I've worked with them during my shadow work practice. So I'm going to turn things over to my interview with Catherine, and I'm really excited for you to tune in and listen to this topic that I'm super passionate about. I hope that you find it just as interesting as I did, and you will hear Catherine and I chat a little bit about some upcoming workshops that she has. Now, originally we recorded this episode a few months ago, 
um, before her fall offerings of these classes. Um, but because of some scheduling technicalities on our side, we haven't been able to get this interview out until now. But the good news is that Catherine is still enrolling for some upcoming classes. So you can still check her out on Instagram or on her website, katherinesoli.com, which we will mention at the end of the interview. So I hope that you will really get a lot out of this, that if this is new to you, you'll be introduced into something new and exciting. And if this is a modality that you're a little familiar with already, that hopefully Catherine will shed some light or share a new perspective on the subject. Hello and welcome. Today I am so excited and honored to be interviewing the amazing Catherine Soli. So Catherine um, really does a lot of amazing different work, but primarily she teaches some meditation classes and workshops on poisonous plants and other various topics working with plant medicines. Um, so Catherine, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thank you for having me here. Oh, it is my pleasure and my honor. Um, I've really been getting into this journey with plants and plant medicines, and I actually signed up for your poisonous plant medicine, class one uh, and class two. And I know that you are going to be starting a new round of that very soon, but I was wondering if you could kind of introduce yourself to everyone, tell them a little bit about your story and how you got started on this path and what you're up to now. Oh, um, that's always like an interesting question to ask because it's hard to know what exactly brought me here because so many different things, but um, essentially I work with, um, with plant medicine. Like if I'm just talking to a regular person, I just say I'm an herbalist, um, but it's probably not a lot of like regular people are listening. So I can kind of go into a little bit more what, what the way that I work with them. Um, but I work a lot with plant consciousness or what a lot of people would call plant spirit medicine. So really similar to like the way that you work with crystals with that, they have this energetic medicine plants do as well. So, um, and I've been really pulled towards poisonous plants, or I kind of want to do air quotes as poisonous because it's the dose that makes the poison. Everything is poisonous. You know, even water can kill you if you have it in a big enough dose. Um, and those plants have just really called me the past few years. And um, their medicine is, I think, really needed on the planet at this time because they help bring us into the shadows, into, you know, our deeper psyches, into our unconscious, into places where um, we're discouraged from exploring in our current uh, society that just kind of only focuses on um, be happy, like be happy all the time, but that, you know, it's great if we can be happy all the time, but there's also this um, likely like an undercurrent underneath that has like all our life stories and wounds and fears, and that's always going to be there. And that's normal and, and healthy and part of being human. I feel like the poisonous plants can kind of, we work on them with, work with them on a spirit level or an energetic level. Um, they can kind of help guide us through those spaces that might be normally kind of uncomfortable. Um, I feel so grateful that you're bringing this up because 
in my personal journey with these medicines, this is exactly when they showed up in my life was when I really started to consciously dig into that shadow aspect and found that I needed some support. And this was what came through for me. Like this was what my body, my mind, my spirit all needed to kind of do this work on multiple levels and find that energetic support and that medicine for this really deep dive inner journey, personal healing, transformative, like shadow aspect work. And was it something similar for you personally, like that drew you in or did this just evolve kind of naturally in your exploration of herbalism? Um, I think that it's always, it's kind of just part of my makeup as a person. Um, like just even as a little kid, I was always kind of, um, not, I would never use morbid. Like I feel like other people might use that word, but just kind of interested in the, the aspects of life that people try to keep hidden. Um, and even for many years before I really like fully stepped on the plant path, um, I was really on a path of meditation and um, non-duality and kind of Eastern philosophy and Eastern religion and, and still am definitely. Um, but a big part of that path for me was working with um, the archetypes of the wrathful deities. So in Hinduism and Buddhism, you get these, uh, like a lot of people will be familiar with Kali, like kind of wearing a necklace of skulls and holding a severed head. It's like very much not if you've grown up in Judeo-Christian religion, like that doesn't, if it was ever there, um, it's not anymore. Um, but it's it's symbolic, you know, of transformation, of uh, going into like these difficult times, or if you've, you know, worked with astrology, like Saturn, Pluto, like that kind of energy. So um, I feel like that kind of, uh, aspect of life has always been felt natural and comfortable to me. And so it really, it made total sense to me once I started working with the poisonous plants, I was like, oh, this is the same thing that I've been doing my whole life, except it's just another um, expression of it. Yeah. And, and that makes so much sense, right? I mean, even thinking about the example of Kali, Kali is the dark goddess, you know? So just as we have almost this, like, shadow aspect um, represented there. We see that same shadow aspect, like you said, expressed in other places. And it's beautiful to be able to kind of pull these things together and look at how they can influence us on a personal level, but also their greater influence in the world and how we kind of fit into that. Um, So I'm really curious about what exactly people can do with these plants and having signed up for your level one poisonous plant medicine class, you really cover this really well, but can you just touch on like what, how would someone actually go about working with these plants as allies, connecting with their medicine? So because they're poisons, um, we have to be a little bit more cautious than, for example, if you were going to work with rose or linden or oat straw or these kind of very gentle, familiar kind of um, medicines with with something that has uh, a higher chance of hurting you. We have to be a little bit more careful because 
um, I mean, you can actually kill yourself. You can kill yourself or you can go into altered states of consciousness that are not pleasant. Um, you can cause damage to your organs, uh, like permanent damage. So you have to be really careful. So I never recommend ingestion of poisons. Um, there are cultures who historically and still today do that, but they're doing it under um, a lineage and under a culture that understands how to do that. And for most of us here in the West, that's been um, like witch child out of us. <laughs> like, I've never used it that way before, but I mean, uh, we were kind of like severed from these, these medicines at that time and since then as well. Um, so my uh, ways that I do like to recommend is working uh, flower essences are really safe or uh, energetic medicine essences. It doesn't necessarily have to be the flower. Um, in my the way that I work with essences, it can be other parts of the plant as well. But essences, as long as they're prepared properly, they're prepared by someone who knows what they're doing, should be safe and um, reliable. And um, and then you know the other way is with plant spirit communication, which you can do practice plant spirit communication anytime, anywhere, even if you've never met a plant in real life, you can still connect in with their consciousness and receive um, wisdom and medicine and um, information that uh, is surprising to our rational minds usually. <laughs> like how is this plant that I've never met in person telling me about themselves? And then you can kind of, it's pretty amazing. You can later go look up about a plant and find uh, wow, these, these things that I was understanding about the plant and this meditation or in this journey with this plant um, really line up with the actual physical medicine of the plant. It's like, it can be pretty mind-blowing at times. And I love that you work with the plant medicines in this way. This is very similar to, to my approach with crystals. Like, really pay attention to what your intuition is telling you, what your inner guidance is telling you about which of these plants are drawing you in or trying to speak with you or connect with you and then go look up maybe a little bit about that crystal or that plant and see how it really relates to your life rather than always thinking with your conscious mind, oh, what do I have going on right now with the ego mind and letting that dictate what you're working with and instead really kind of turning inward. Um, so you did mention flower essences, and this is something that I think will resonate with a lot of people who are listening or watching right now, because many are familiar with gem essences and crystal essences. Uh, so flower essences are very similar, um, but you said that you did on occasion work with other parts of the plant as well. And I know that for some people, it can be really intimidating just like with crystals, some are toxic and we don't want to use a direct method of preparation and that sort of thing. People might be really intimidated by creating their own essences, in particular with poison plants. So do you have any recommendations, I'm going to put you totally on the spot, of places where people could find some pre-made essences if they wanted to work with these medicines, but really wanted to go to someone that they knew they could trust and turn to who have created these with integrity and with good know-how behind them in a safe environment. Yeah. Um, well, I sell a lot of them in my shop. 
Um, I also, um, although I haven't worked with her essences, Sarah Ann Lawless um, of Bain Folk, she, I always recommend her to my students for, she makes topical um, treatments, which is, I forgot to mention that, that's another way we can work with poisonous plants. Um, with some, not all poisonous plants, um, and people use them topically for pain, like an oil or a salve. And she makes really safe, beautiful um, salves, but she also has essences. I haven't tried her essences, so I can't speak to them. Um, yeah. I think that's a great recommendation. Um, I have worked with some of her essences and really like them, but the ones in your shop are great too. You have things that I think when many people start to open to poisonous plant medicines and really um, understand this kind of shadow aspect that they help with and support, you have some that I think come through really strong for many people like henbane, um, like belladonna. These are ones that I think many people are if they're ready to kind of put a toe in <laughs> and see what this is all about, those are some that I think, at least from speaking with other people, kind of share this interest. Uh, those are ones people I think feel kind of drawn to or called to work with. So I'm wondering if you were going to recommend one or two uh, flower essences or poison plant essences for people to start exploring this realm, what would you recommend that they work with and how would they actually work with that essence? I think it's one of those things like what you just mentioned about with crystals of just kind of trusting what you're pulled towards. Um, you know, I mean, some have um, maybe like a stronger spirit than others, but some people which could for some people might be overwhelming, but for some people might feel really relaxing and um, like familiar to go into those energies. But um, yeah, Belladonna, you know, that's the first plant that we journey with in the six week course, um, because I feel like it's one that we can kind of feel <laughs> easily we, we can. And also Belladonna can be a little standoffish as well. Belladonna is also, um, called deadly nightshade so you might be familiar with it that way I'm talking about atropa belladonna is the botanical name um, and that can be a good introduction it's also um, belladonna's the energy of belladonna I think is really needed right now of um, you know healing wounds of the feminine um, yeah so you know we talked a little bit before we started recording about how these medicines from these plants can actually be worked with alongside crystals and how these medicines can be integrated together. And I know um, in your shop, you even have a few crystals that I think, you know, probably pair very well with these medicines like black tourmaline. What are some of the crystals that you um, have seen kind of pair well, or how would you maybe recommend people start to mix and match these? And I know, again, it's going to be a, a lot of personal journey there, but any yeah. tips you have for people? Um, so, and I also, I make gem essences, but I don't sell them as, you know, individuals, but they're in some blends mixed with other like poisonous plant blends, especially like I use black tourmaline essence, uh, for boundaries. Um, it's in like this loving boundaries elixir I have in my shop, but yeah, black tourmaline is just my favorite. Um, 
because it's so grounding, it feels protective. And that's also what I get a lot from the poisonous plants. Like there's kind of this crossover there. I feel like um, onyx can be also another one that kind of has a similar energy. Um, but even, you know, something like rose quartz that's so sweet and gentle, um, the poisonous plants, depending on <laughs> how you're feeling and what day you kind of interact with the consciousness of these plants, um, that kind of, and same with like Kali, like that deity archetype, um, has that heart loving, um, gentle kind of energy as well. Um, I'm curious, what do you, what do you feel like? I was actually, I was hoping I could ask you that, like what crystals do you feel like pair well with poisonous plants? Yeah, I've been working a lot with black moonstones. Mm. Um, black moonstone and Datura have been, for me, a very natural combination. I've been really enjoying that. And again, like looking at it instead of our normal like rainbow moonstone or white moonstone, the black moonstone, the darkness, the shadow aspect, the um, the realm of what's hidden, um, the other world, the underworld, kind of exploring that energy and also black obsidian, black obsidian for me, it's very clearing. And I find that for me, a lot of times what happens when I'm working with these plant medicines is I shift out of some sort of behavior or pattern or something that's been unhealthy for myself because I have this kind of realization and awakening to what's happening. And it's almost just like someone flipped a switch. And for me, the black obsidian is really clearing of any of that kind of remnant. And then I, I feel like the crystals for me, they're, they're dense, they're physical, they're heavy. They're a quick, um, like intense change, but then you need that lasting support to kind of carry through and, and really shift and, implement and change and that's for me where the plant medicines really come in is that more sustained very gentle um kind of like harmonizing of those shifts that have been facilitated with some of the crystals which are i can be at times even a little bit stronger overwhelming depending on what's going on and you know my background is actually in botany and horticulture professionally and this is something that I've been exploring for such a long time personally, but I, I really wanted to start just talking about and sharing with people who are interested in crystals because they pair so well together. And it has just been so exciting to have you here talking about this. So we did talk about your shop a few times, Catherine, um, and it's CatherineSoli.com. There will be links in the blog that goes along with this, but I'm wondering, I know that your next poisonous plant medicine um, round of classes is really filling up and um, there may be a few spots left maybe by the time this episode airs but I'm wondering if you can tell everybody a little bit about when you're starting your next round of classes or how they can stay in touch with you online or by email to get notified about these. Yeah I, um, I have another round of classes starting September 27th um, for level one um, and then there's going to be a level two and January likely and then a level three hopefully will be the first ever level three and then I'll be offering a level one again um, in the springtime next year probably so if you miss out on September the September round there will be another chance to sign up um, I also do a lot on Patreon um, that's I do a 
like a 20 to 60 minute video class every month on topics like plant spirit communication, like how to communicate with plants, how to make flower essences, like how to make a really good flower essence, um, tarot and uh, last month's was how to make an herbal smoke blend and just all, all kinds of things. And um, so I'm pretty active there and, uh, and yeah, my shop, everything can be found at katherinesoli.com. So when you go to katherinesoli.com at the bottom, there's a place to subscribe for Catherine's emails, which I highly recommend. You'll find a link to Catherine's Patreon also at the um, top of her website. And then you're also on Instagram at Persephone's Path. Yes. And you do, you do a lot over there. You're always sharing the best information. It's a little bit of like teaching, a little bit of behind the scenes of what you're working on. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm so grateful that you were here today and sharing all of your amazing wisdom with everyone. Thank you so much for having me here. And thank you for giving a voice to all of the energy, all the medicine of the earth, including, I feel like... <laughs> my heart, just the crystals, the energy of the earth, and, and also the, the plants that grow alongside, like their sisters. They are, yeah, very much perfect matches for one another. So thank you again. I so appreciate it. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that chat between Catherine and I. It was so enjoyable getting to listen in again, and I hope that it sparked some new ideas, some exciting new areas of study or interest or hobbies for you, and that you will be able to begin your own journey into connection and relationship with poisonous plant medicine. Now it's time for our trending this week segment. So as you know, each week I bring you a quick discussion on something that's happening in the world of crystal healing and spirituality right now, or something that I'm just really loving that I want to share with you. This week, I want to share about an amazing organization called World Central Kitchen. You can find out more about the amazing work that they're doing over at wck.org. World Central Kitchen is working to feed people across the world. So far to date, they've served over 33 million meals in 400 cities. They've helped provide over $133 million to restaurants during COVID-19, as well as feed people across the world who are struggling to meet basic needs right now. So World Central Kitchen partners with restaurants to help meet the demand for meals while also providing jobs for restaurant staff. They basically close the gap and make the connection between the people who need to be nourished and fed and restaurant workers and delivery drivers who need to earn a living during the COVID-19 pandemic. So although I normally take this time on the show to highlight a cool thing or some kind of spiritual tool that is a great connection point for your spiritual practice, remembering gratitude and the energy of giving and receiving is also an important part to cultivating our spiritual growth. So if you are able to make a donation, even a small one of just a few dollars to the World Central Kitchen, this is a great organization working to help many, many people. Again, you can visit wck.org to learn more about their programs and their food relief efforts. 
or even better, to donate to their organization. One last time, that's wck.org. Well, that is it for today. I hope that you found a lot of value in today's show. If you want more information about anything I discussed in this episode, you can learn more over on the website at loveandlightschool.com slash blog. And if you did enjoy the show today, the biggest compliment you can give me is to leave a quick rating and review over at loveandlightschool.com slash iTunes. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe through that link as well so you never miss a future episode. You can also hop over to loveandlightschool.com slash listen to see all the places our podcast is streamed online. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Love and Light Live podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Levy, and I'll be back with you in our next episode. Until then, crystal blessings. The Love and Light Live podcast is a production of the Love and Light School of Crystal Therapy. Connect with us online at loveandlightschool.com or on social at loveandlightschool.com.